Slices podcast, bringing you pieces of the world through lived experiences. Hello, George. Welcome to the Slices podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. Uh, thank you for having me. I mean, th- thank you for coming on. I mean, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Sunny day, I'm assuming, out in Barcelona to come and um, chat with me on your laptop. <laughs> <laughs> So before we get into it, um, so why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, um, what you do, and yeah, and we'll go from there. Okay, so my name's uh, George. Um, don't know if your listeners will know, but we uh, we actually met about, it's going to be coming up to nine years ago now, um, when we did this, uh, this little um, internship in the, in the south of France for, for a few months together. I think we're, we're practically sort of housemates and roommates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically what I do is, um, so for the past four and a half years now, I've been living and working in Barcelona. Um, previously as an English teacher and now sort of just switched to a, a relatively new job in um, in finance. Oh, wow. And at the same time, for the past seven years now um i've been studying a part-time degree with the open university which i'm just about to complete and that is in spanish and german so i've got uh, this last module of german and then i'll be done oh congratulations i had no idea oh that's so cool is there anything Mm -hmm. you would like to um share so this is sort of a, a slice of segment of the show if there's anything you'd like to promote or share or whether it's just a tv show or a book that you're currently reading um is there anything you'd like to share with the listeners before we start um not especially unless, unless unless your listeners are, are into sort of german radio stations or, or tv shows um um no i think the only thing that i would possibly recommend at this point is um is an austrian german tv show that i've started watching called uh, the pass or der pass um, oh. Which is actually, I didn't realize this at, at, uh, until maybe a few episodes in. It's actually a remake of the um, of the bridge, uh, the, uh, oh. the the Dan- I think it's Danish and Swedish show, but instead okay. of uh, instead of there being a bridge between the two countries, it's just uh, on the border. So it's a murder mystery. Oh, and is uh, that on into. Netflix? Um, I think I want to say it's Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. The past. The Austrian past. show oh, called yeah. The Past. Okay, yeah, cool. Well, if there's anybody, if I have any German listeners, <laughs> <laughs> check out The Past on Netflix. Is, is there subtitles? Um, yeah, yeah, there will be subtitles. Okay, yeah, yeah. great. Well, anyone can watch then. All right, great. Um, so I'm really excited because Barcelona is actually one of my favorite um, European cities. Oh. Um, I, I, I love, I love Barcelona. I, I've never been to Barcelona when it's warm though, which is really. Hmm which is really odd. I've only, I've only been sort of in the winter or in the spring. I've never experienced Barcelona in the summer, which I really want, I really wanted to do, but mm. here we are in yeah. our, I don't know, fourth or fifth lockdown at this point. I just don't know. But yeah, I really do want to experience it in the summer. I, I love it. So what led you to, um, what led you to Barcelona? I think before you were in France, is that, you were, still, you were in France, is that correct? And then I was, were, yeah. So it's, um, yeah. So it's a rel- well, it's a relatively long story, but um, but before I was actually living in um, in Nottingham, and mm. um, and this was actually shortly after we'd we'd done that uh, that internship in the South of France, um, and 
I'd only been away for, from the city for about six months. But um, in that time, a lot of my friends had kind of settled down, really. Um, yeah. It was a lot harder to see them. Um, and I was kind of struggling for a while to make uh, to make new friends, um, you know, because I'd left uni by this point. So you're not in constant contact with, with people. Yeah. Um, and there was this website called um, Meetup, you know, and they, you know, people oh, yeah. organize. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people organize kind of events around cities. In a small city like Nottingham, I think it's only about a quarter of a million people. You're not going to get a lot of um, events like that. But um, someone who I'd never actually met um, messaged me on the site, just completely out of the blue, saying that she was, uh, she was Spanish, she was working as an au pair, and that she was, um, she was having a lot of trouble making British friends. So she suggested just um, you know, going out uh, into town and sort of meeting um and just uh just for the hell of it i said yes and through her i met wow. all these uh international people who were you know who could completely gone unseen to me in nottingham you know from you know all over europe um you know north and south america asia pretty much yeah. everywhere and i sort of remembered this this dream that i'd had when i was younger where where i was going to you know travel travel around the world like stay stay in places learn learn new languages um and i realized i was about 20 23 24 and i'd done very little to actually advance that um so that kind of reawakened that dream um and within about six months i'd uh i'd left my job i'd left um you know i'd applied for that open university degree i'd applied to be an english teacher um, well, I applied for an English teaching course in Toulouse, in the south of France, because I wanted to work on oh, my French first. Yeah. Um, so that happened, and I wasn't expecting to stay in Toulouse, but ultimately did, just because I loved the city so much. Um, so I was there for two years. Um, La Ville Rose. Exactly, yes. Uh, yeah, so I knew I was going to stay in France for about two years, and then move on to, to Spain or somewhere in South America to, to work on Spanish. Um, but while I was actually living in Toulouse, um, some friends of my housemates, uh, well, I was introduced to some friends of my housemates. One of them was a, uh, was a girl from Barcelona. And so I sort of told her about my plan and she, um, and she, you know, asked me if I'd thought about where I wanted to move to, you know, when I eventually did move. And I had a few ideas and she basically said, no, it's got to be Barcelona. If you want to be by the sea, um, you know, there's, there's, there's no better place for it. And that was convincing enough for me. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so at the end of sort of two years in France, um, I paid, I paid a friend of mine about a hundred euros to, to drive me down four hours with all my stuff. And, um, yeah. And, uh, I've been here ever since. Oh, wow. So Barcelona is like, the place for you at the moment four years is quite a long time in another city yeah i mean it's um longer than i expected it to be i mean you know sort of <laughs> things that have happened in the world since i since i got here have kind of yeah forced that a little i know it's not somewhere i'm going to spend the rest of my life but um you know mm. if, if someone said oh you, you need to stay here for another five years i would have absolutely no problem with that so you, when you got to barcelona did you did you have a plan or did you just arrive and then sort of try to figure it out? What what happened when you arrived? Um, I guess I guess I kind of jumped into it without really thinking it through. I mean, I, I managed to get an apartment, you know, living with um, with like four other people from four different countries. I don't know if you've ever seen this um, 
this French film called uh, L'Auberge Espagnole, which is about this oh, yeah, uh, this yeah. guy's Erasmus experience in Barcelona. You know, living in um, living in an apartment with people from all over the all over the world. It's ba- it was basically exactly like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'd arrived and I'd I'd done a, it was really silly of me because I've done ab- I've done absolutely no research on how to um, sort of integrate myself into uh, living and working properly. So it was only about two weeks in that um, I was made aware of um, the fact that you need a national identity number in in Spain if you want to work, if you want to get a bank account, if you want to do pretty much anything. Um, yeah. And I think that was and has been the trickiest part of it because, um, first of all, you have this chicken and egg situation, or this, yeah, um, where you know you need to get a job offer to get your identity number. You need an identity number to start working. Um, <laughs> and the problem is, I don't know if this is all of Spain, but it's definitely the case in Barcelona, is that you need to apply online for an appointment and there are never any appointments. Oh. Um, so after a few weeks of searching, I ended up doing what I shouldn't have done, but did anyway. And basically that there are these companies that sort of take up all the appointments and then they sell them for about, uh, well, five years ago, it was 90 euros. I've heard now it's like more, more like 300. Um, no so I ended up paying this company nearly a hundred euros just <laughs> to, just to help me with some bureaucracy. Um, but the, the plus side is that the, that the person who accompanied me to the interview was actually, um, really friendly, really lovely to chat to. And I just suggested keeping in touch afterwards. And, um, and we did for a while. So, uh, so at least. At least got a, a positive experience out of it. Just wish I hadn't had to pay for it. Yeah, you made a friend. I made a friend. Yeah. <laughs> so, how long did it actually take you to um, get a job? You were an English teacher, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. um, so I've been working for two years in um, in France as an English teacher. So, you know, that's it's an easy job to do, especially if you're not confident enough to to work in in the language uh, of the country you're in. You know, and you know we're quite fortunate in that English is always going to be in demand. Um, um, yeah. So the actual finding a job part was relatively easy in the end. Um, I did, I did kind of start with this one job um, at this chain of chain of schools that had their very very particular method, and I did sort of like four weeks of unpaid training with them, um, along with people who'd never done any teaching before at all. Um, yeah. and then once that job actually started one week in, I realized that, you know, I was working 30 hours like straight basically. Um, and at the same time, you also had to write out by hand all the notes that you were going to do for your lesson. Um, so I was spending, you know, like an extra 10, Why? 50, I, I don't know. I suggested typing them reason? up and they, uh, they weren't interested in that. Um, oh. so <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up spending like another 15 hours a week just writing like by, by hand, Yikes. which um, I'm not used to anymore. Um, so after a week of that, I, I realized I, I couldn't do that, especially not uh, with my uh, degree at the same time. So I had to leave that job. Um, fortunately, I found this website that would email your CV to every school in the city for 10 euros. So I, uh, so I did that and then um, found a very, found, found a couple of jobs that are actually really like accommodating like great great staff and um sort of kept working with them for nearly four years so were you um teaching in a primary school or secondary school neither i've never actually taught uh children 
Um, the only, oh. I think, uh, I think one of the one of the things I told myself uh, when I started teaching was I would never want to teach anyone who didn't want to be in the room. Um, yeah, you know, so a lot of kids when they're when they're learning languages at school, they they really don't want to be there, um, or you know, they don't yeah, see the worth I of it remember. because <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that you know just by teaching adults that would mean like every adult's going to be you know enthusiastic wants to be there. Not really the case, but um, or not always the case. Sorry, um, no, I've only ever I've only ever taught uh, adults. Um, so this was mostly uh, actually it was exclusively sort of in company classes. Um, in Toulouse, the institution I worked for had classrooms, so you'd have people from companies coming to the school. Um, a lot of them were unemployed, getting sort of state lessons. Um, in Barcelona, yeah. though, um, I had to travel everywhere. So pretty much, you know, you point to, point to an area on the map of Barcelona, and I've probably worked in that spot, um, you know, oh. both ends of the city, really. Um, so just a lot, of, uh, a lot of the work involved traveling as well. Yeah. I guess that was good for you as well because you've just moved to the city and you've got a job that allows you to explore the city. So I guess you got to see more of Barcelona pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, as opposed to setting time aside on the weekends and, you know, doing Barcelona bit by bit. I suppose, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly got very well uh, versed in um, in using the, the metro and bus systems and going to places that no one would ever go to. Um, you know, like I had some jobs in... Um, in, in like right in the middle of the industrial port um but yeah you know it's a good it's a good way of getting an idea of where everything is in the city so uh you know that was quite invaluable yeah oh cool so work aside mm -hmm. what was it like settling in in barcelona sort of meeting new people immersing yourself in the culture what is the culture like in barcelona because i always go i, I say i love barcelona mm. but I essentially go to Barcelona as a tourist. So maybe what I love and what you know about Barcelona might be completely different. So I am sort of curious and anybody else listening that likes Barcelona too um, um, would be curious to know mm. um, what is what is the culture like in Barcelona? I feel like I've, I've asked you three different questions. So let's start okay, with right. <laughs> what was it like settling in and meeting new people? Mm -hmm. And then you can tell us sort of about the culture in, in Barcelona and how you immersed yourself in the culture. Okay. Well, I mean, I think settling in and actually meeting new people was fairly easy. You know, at least it was, you know, before, before last year. Um, so I kind of relied a little bit on um, meetup as well. Um, again, to, to you know I'd, I'd find sort of events that, that, that vaguely interest me and i'll just go along and, and meet meet loads of people um a lot of them were language exchanges which are really good uh, a lot of fun if um yeah you know if you, if you want to meet meet someone and actually practice languages at the same time um there was actually actually another reason that i did move to barcelona was there was there were a couple of people here that i already knew um which was quite helpful okay. and kind of through them was able to meet some of their um, some of their friends and sort of through that sort of expand uh, expand my friend circle a little bit. Um, another couple of things I did was um, I did the sort of amateur photography course, um, oh. which lasted I don't know maybe about, maybe about three months. And I think that's the best way for me personally to meet someone. It's not um, it's not always you know make, trying to make a friend in one evening. It's sort of spending a lo lot of time. Um, in someone's company over over an extended period 
And then at yeah. the end, you realize, oh, no, that they, they, they actually are a friend and they have been for a while. You just hadn't had kind of like a, an official moment when it started, if you see what I mean. Yeah, that's actually quite a good um, a good tip because people do tend, if you go to a different country, mm. um, I know like um, you've been in Toulouse and on my year abroad, there's all these sort of, oh, meet other um, language assistant nights and mm. oh, meet this, meet so-and-so. So it can be quite forced. Yeah um and quite quick you meet people it's all great and then you never you never really build relationships you never really see those people mm. again because mm. they've all made their groups and if you you know didn't sort of grab the opportunity to make your group in that night you sort of miss the boat so that's actually quite a good tip for people that move to different countries you know there's things like meet up where you can all or signing up for a photography course like mm. you did and then meeting people organically exactly yeah um through courses like that yeah i mean yeah i mean um i think yeah i find i find that for me personally if my goal is actually to um to actually go out and sort of you know quote unquote make a friend that puts a lot of pressure on it if i if i just go out to say oh you know i want to i want to try this new experience i want to learn something great and if i if i manage to make a friend at the same time then that's that's all you know that's so much the better but you know if i if i don't necessarily meet someone that i get along with instantly it doesn't mean that I failed, you know, because I've still I've still did what I um, originally set out to accomplish. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, so back to I think the fourth or fifth question: mm-hmm. um, what <laughs> What is the culture like in Barcelona? Um, how would you, How would you describe it? Um, Barcelona is a little bit. It's that's very difficult to describe because there's there are very much kind of two worlds in Barcelona um it's very very different from from toulouse uh in the sense that if you go into the center of barcelona you're unlikely to really find that many people who are from here who've grown up here um there is a huge um huge community of um you know people from other countries you know myself included um if you go into the center of barcelona there are always going to be people trying to sell you things there's always going to be Yes. Yeah, it's you know it's like a commercial opportunity for them, and the result of that is that yeah. if you're from here, you know you would never, you never say, oh, I've got a day off, I'm going to walk down La Rambla, like that's it's not what people, and it's yeah. not what I do now because, yeah. um, you know after about after a few weeks of it, you kind of understand why, um, why the locals don't go there, so you kind of have to try and find other spots that um, you know that people wouldn't really know that much about um in terms of the actual actual culture it's you you really need to try and find try and make like a catalan friend and sort of experience it experience things through them i'm quite lucky in that i've been able to do that um yeah you know just people i've met met by chance or actually some former students of mine have kind of event invited me to some of their events and that way um and that way you do get a you know a bit more of an insight into uh into you know what they do and a lot of it i would say is based around uh food um and a few yeah. a few really kind of charming but and like quite impressive traditions as well um which you know i have no idea how they would how they would have started but for example where i live here there's a um there's a sort of like community square just around the back and about once a year you get i don't know up, upwards oh. of 50 people 
making a, a human tower and you know as the, as the as the levels go up the, the people doing them get smaller and smaller and the person who goes right up to the top is oh, usually wow. quite a young child but you've got all these people at the <gasps> bottom sort of wearing um like support belts around their waists and sort of like visibly shaking holding the weight of all these people on top of them um but it's really really impressive to watch I don't, if, if you ever get the chance to see it and how often does that what time of the year does that um, take I place? I think it's around spring. So I would definitely look into this. It sounds quite interesting. I'd be terrified if um, I'd be terrified if I was that little person right at the top. I, I think, yeah, I think the idea is top right down. Another another aspect of Catalan culture, which is um, going on right at the moment, is something called a galsutada, um, based around something called a galsot, which is a type of onion kind of halfway between a spring onion and a leek. Um, and basically the idea is you just roast these on a, on a fire, you wrap them in newspaper, and then um, you have these huge, huge, huge gatherings where people just eat nothing but that and, and sausages and, and, and drink wine. And it sounds really simple and it really is, but it's, it's, it's probably one of the best experiences you can have in spring. Talking mm-hmm. of experiences, what has been your most memorable moment in Barcelona? Um, or moments, if there's more than oh, there's, one. There's certainly quite a few, but um, I think I think if I had to describe maybe the best day that I had was taking um, renting out a tandem bike um, with a friend of mine who didn't actually know how to ride a bike. Um <laughs> And what we did was we basically t- we took that out in the in the center of, in the center of the city, center of Barcelona. We uh, cycled, you know, ten minutes down to the sea, and we basically just rode up the uh, rode up the coastline for about um, twenty kilometers, about you know fifteen miles. Um, you know, found this little beach and then just spent the day there, and then and then came back again. It was. Um, it was it oh, was wow. really great watching like all the city go past you and like doing it under your own power. Yeah. Um, there, there was one point where you know she it took a while for her to get used to being on a bike, especially not um, one that she could control that much. But there was one point where we set off, yeah. and it felt, you know, it felt so much easier than the uh, than the previous times that we'd started. You know, and I felt I was really getting into the swing of it. Um, and yeah. sort of I said to her, you know, do you feel it's getting easier? I looked back, and obviously she wasn't on the bike. I'd left her behind. So it got yeah, easier for uh, you. I mean, I had to turn around, sadly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you really want to have a kind of more authentic experience, authentic experience, sorry, um, it's it's really best to get out of the city at some some points, especially if you want to go to a, like a nice beach. Um, you, you have to you have to leave yeah. the city. But um, but it's a great it's a great yeah. central hub to. Sort of go around, visit the coast, uh, go up the mountains. Um, you know, everything's within quite easy reach. So I'm assuming you've had the chance to explore more of Spain and go around and see the sights. And I mean, there's so much of the country that I've, I've yet to see. Um, um, I was yeah. kind of waiting for for a point where I was a little bit more financially stable because, unfortunately, teaching English is a little bit hit and miss because um, you do spend a few, you know, a few months yeah. of the year kind of unemployed. Um, so yeah, I'd absolutely love to see more of the city. I think the only parts I've really got to know that well have been sort of um, Madrid, Alicante, Valencia, and um, and a couple of places up and down the coast. But I'd like to, I'd really like to see the, the center of the country a little bit more, and, uh, and Galicia in the in the northwest, 
Um, but obviously we've got to wait until, you know, that might have to wait till next year. But, um, but you know, I think it'll be, I think it'll be worth it. Um, I'm assuming you're fluent in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> it was, um, it was one of those things where, you know, I'd been studying it with the, with the open university and, you know, you get opportunities to listen, you get opportunities to, to read, um, you know, and occasionally to write as well. But the, but the hardest part of, of, of learning any language is actually speaking it. And, you know, it's, that's the point why people learn languages. Yeah. No one, no one learns a language to say, Oh, I'm learning Spanish because I want to, I want to listen to, to Spanish. You know, it's like, I want to speak Spanish. Yeah. Um, and I think that was, that was something that was quite tricky. And I actually had ended up learning to do in France um, because I found this okay. through a friend, I found this um, workshop um, like improvised theater workshop, which was organized by this Chilean um, guy and his Brazilian wife. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, at the beginning, my, my, my spoken Spanish was absolutely terrible. Um, and it was, it was a really stressful experience to begin with, but over time you kind of got more used to it. You kind of got more used to, to speaking, to, to interacting with people. Um, and that, that really helped. Although I did start speaking with a Chilean accent. Um, <laughs> and then so then when I moved down here it wasn't it wasn't from like square one or anything um so yeah at this point yeah my dad say yeah I'm definitely fluent in Spanish I could I could work in the language if I had to um I think there'll always be more yeah. things to learn but um but you know I'm yeah I would I would describe myself as a Spanish speaker but although definitely not native level yeah oh amazing did um knowing how to speak French help at all or was it just like um, completely different? There are definitely similarities. I think the, you know, if you look at the fundamentals, there's a lot of things in common, but yeah. if you, if you're someone who thinks, okay, well I can speak French so I can, I'm automatically going to be able to speak Spanish. That's not, that's not going to be true. Yeah. Um, well, while I was learning with the open university, I did actually do a module of Italian. Um, and that I think that I think okay. structurally is a lot more similar to Spanish. Um, and also, while I've been here, I've been I've I've, uh, I've been learning a bit of Catalan. And um, if you you know yeah. if you can speak Spanish, then Catalan is extremely easy. Um, but but no, I think you have to treat Spanish as its own thing. Um, you yeah. know, for someone like you who speaks who speaks French, I don't think you would have any problem. But um, but yeah, you know, it's yeah. not it's not going to be exactly the same. You know, you, you you shouldn't expect it to be the same as learning French. Yeah, yeah. When I am in Spain, I do find that I can read mm, exactly, and make yeah. things out. But when people speak, nothing, like literally nothing. But if yeah. I'm reading a menu, I can be like, oh, jam, you know, jambon is yeah. the same as you know ham in French and Spanish, and then somebody would be like ham on <laughs> i have no idea what you just said and then they point yeah. and like oh ham yeah jambon so um before mm -hmm. we sort of wrap up what would be what are your barcelona recommendations because i as i said before i like i like visiting barcelona mm -hmm. i really like the city but i am aware that i am actually a tourist and where i go and where i'll eat will be very much based on google's re recommendations okay. for tourists so it would be great to sort of have some recommendations of maybe things to see places to go places to eat that isn't coming from a perspective okay. of another tourist so it'd be really great to you know have some recommendations of you know barcelona from i'd say oh, god no, no not yet <laughs> no. yeah 
close to you're the closest thing to a native oh, okay. well, I have right give, now. Give it, so... give it twenty years. <laughs> I might, say, might, might say otherwise. But yeah, um, <laughs> it's always a danger because you, you know pe- people think, oh, you know, well, I'll, I'll try and find this undiscovered um, spot in the city, and then obviously yeah. that gets spread around, <laughs> and then it, it just turns into another tourist place. Um, there is one place that's it's kind of leaning towards that now, but I would still recommend to anyone who wants to. Um, to really kind of see a part of the city that most people wouldn't see. Um, so there are these old army barracks up the uh, up one of the mountains that, uh, that are in the backdrop of Barcelona. They're these bunkers, basically. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a hike to get up there. Um, but when you do, you've got this complete panorama of the whole city. Um, you know, all the way, you know, you can see all the way from where you are to all the way to the sea. You've got the entire city in front of you. Um, and what a lot of people like to do is just take a, um, you know, take a little bit of a picnic. Um, some people take, take drinks as well, which I cannot officially condone, but, um, people do that anyway. Um, (laughs) and sort of, yeah, just taking the whole city and just uh, watch the sun go down. Um, so that's, that's one part of it. Um, if you're looking for a good place to eat, um, it's a little bit paradoxical. Because it's not it's not Catalan at all, but there is one restaurant which is probably my favourite here, <laughs> which is actually Ethiopian. Um, so and there's a district oh. uh, called Sans, which is uh, relatively close. What's well, it's where the main train station is, and not too far from there, there's a, an Ethiopian restaurant called Addis Ababa. Um, and okay. yeah, exactly, very yeah. fitting. Um, and they do, <laughs> I, well, I think it's, it's traditionally Ethiopian food. I don't, I don't know any better to say otherwise. Um, but basically, they give you this massive yeah. flatbread, um, you know, about the size of a, of a car tire. And on that, they put all these different kinds of <laughs> stewed meats or vegetables or, you know, lentils and stuff. And they don't give you any cutlery. So what you have to do is you've actually got to rip the bread and sort of, you know, pick up the, the stuff, yeah. which, is, which is fine. You know, other, you know, that's done in plenty of other cultures but then by the end the only bread that's left is the one that's underneath what you're trying to eat so it gets it gets very messy but the food there is absolutely amazing we'll definitely check that out um mm-hmm. i forgot to i forgot to ask you you mentioned that you have started yes. a new job was it how was the transition was it quite easy transitioning from teaching into the finance sector because i've spoken to Mm-hmm. Um, quite a few people sort of in different um, European cities and they've mentioned you know it's not always easy moving from moving into from one sort of sector mm. into another um, in the cities um, they come from so what was it like making a making that sort oh, of career actually, transition you know it's very very difficult ultimately um, so I you know I got to the end of, of six years of teaching and I kind of realized I didn't want to keep doing it because it was it was almost um yeah. If you can imagine like working in a in a factory, you know, producing things, you know, which is fine. But imagine you're doing that and you never see the final product. You're just sort of you, you're sort of watching product pass yeah. pass by you. Um, and you never see where, where it ends up, but you kind of stay in the same place. So, you know, your students might be improving, but you know, if it, you know, students come and go and you kind of stay there doing yeah. doing and teaching the same things. Um, you know, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it uh, well enough, but after a while, I just needed a change, and I needed a bit more financial stability. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, it wasn't. It's not so much a career change as sort of moving back to what I used to do when I was in the UK. 
which is um, sort of, um, you know, I used to work in accounts departments in, in, um, in Nottingham and Derby. Um, but that was still a very difficult transition because um, there's just so, there are a lot of job opportunities, but a lot of competition as well. And I actually ended up spending six or seven months yeah. out of work before I found the, the current job that I'm in. Thank you so much, George. Um, I've really, I haven't spoken to you in a while, so it's actually been great <laughs> hearing about all the things you've been doing in the last, over the past couple of years. It's been sort of like a catch up um, that I've really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, thank you so much um, for coming on and sharing, sharing Barcelona. Um, so yeah, thank you to um, all of the listeners, all of you that are listening. I hope you are making notes of um, George's recommendations. I will ask him to send them to me on WhatsApp <laughs> so I can include it. <laughs> I can include it somewhere in written form um, so yeah thank you to all of you that are listening um, if you are planning to go to Barcelona well I want to say if you're planning to go to Barcelona anytime soon but if you're planning to go to Barcelona anytime <laughs> maybe not soon but um, yeah you can definitely check out um, the places that George recommended so yeah thank you so much for listening okay, and thank, thank you, you once bye. again George bye